Hey there, leader. Today, today in Security on Tap, we're going to be talking about security automation. Why you want it, how you get it, and what you do with it. Once you've got it. Once you've got it. Outstanding. Right. For those of you who don't know, it took us like 12 takes to get that little bitty bit part out. It did. Multiple, multiple takes. Uh, and this is, this is, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to, uh, to record on a new, a new out, uh, a new device, which is, uh, which is lovely. We're still getting used to it. Yeah, still working on lots it. Lots of buttons. It's got lots of lights on it. Lots of the dials. Remember the original Star Trek when Spock would look in that thing yeah. and it would have the spinning black and white. Yeah. And it would make the. I, I do. Well, that that has so many dials on it. It looks so many. It's it's automation at its finest, helping us create a podcast. Those of you, and I'm going to have a quick uh, a quick Kirk aside or a quick Star Trek aside. Strange New Worlds oh, on Paramount Plus is outstanding. Great. Really enjoyed the second season. First season was fun. Second season has been a lot of fun. Although the singing one was a little odd. It was a little weird. It was a little weird. But but, but that's not why we're that's here. Star Trek. <laughs> it is a little weird. So we're talking about security automation and security automation roles and so why we want them. Real, real quick, what is security automation? And how is that different from, say, my technology's automation team? Security automation is being able to use machine learning and or machine processes or workflows to do the work that would be done by people. Analysts or triaging, um, uh, doing some sort of predetermination for GRC professionals. Uh, it could be any of those things. Right. I, and I know there is a whole field in incident response and event management around SOAR. Yeah. Security orchestration and, and uh, automation and response. Right. Um is that the same thing, or is that just a, a wing of a, the same mansion? I think it's part of it. I think it's part of it, because anytime you can introduce automation or some sort of risk-based intelligence to help your analysts make better decisions, or to kick off some sort of workflow when it's a when it's a vanilla security incident, let's say, so, to be able to address it, that's security automation. So the first question you asked was, why do you want it? Because, mm. A, speaking as a security leader... Developers are expensive, right? And I yeah. don't mean bad, but they're expensive, and they've got to be able to add the value to the organization, right? So as a cybersecurity guy, if you ask me, Jim, do you want more analysts or do you want more developers? Mm. And I, I make the exact face you just made, mm. right? One eyebrow up and a sort of um, upturn. I want a great. I want two great analysts and four great developers. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I want a, a dog and a beer, just like in uh, yeah. Field of Dreams. No, but but the developers, you need them because nobody wants to do the mundane, crappy tasks. No one wants to do the the digging through of logs, the 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 pursuit of the the benign stuff, hoping you're going to find a pearl in that trash bag. So you, you're calling what I'm hearing you say is that you're trying to eliminate tasks that are less desirable. Yes, because it creates resource churn. So People are more expensive than tools. Uh, indeed, they are more expensive than automation. Um, and, but, you know, is it really economical, and I'm just going to throw make up numbers, but is it economical to have a, an $80,000 cybersecurity analyst going out and doing a who is of a domain 
of a of a piece of something that was reported as fishing. Yeah. When you could pay somebody else, you might make a little more, and you can automate it and get that to a level two or a level three cybersecurity analyst without him having to look at. Well, so so it's it's really more of an efficiency play. Yes. Than it is a um, churn play. As all automation is. Yeah. Security or not, automation is about efficiency and enabling your people to do higher level, more valuable tasks and getting rid of the dross and the rudimentary stuff that everybody laments doing, whether you're in security or not. But, but there is a, you know, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and it's not necessarily a position I'm, I'm advocating, but I want to talk about it, is that I came up in technology as technology was growing, right? I mean, I literally was working before the internet technology and then rode the internet wave. And a lot of what I learned was I'd learned by doing. Yeah. Right? Formatting a desk or, or anything else, setting up a network, setting, you know, doing, oh my God, doing my IP subnets by hand. <laughs> right? Well, the, Math the, is the, terrible. The, the challenge is we then think, well, if I, I did it, it happen to me, then they should go through it too. And that's not the way this new, new generation learns. That's not how they're going to get it. I don't necessarily know, think that's how I learned. If you had asked me, to get on a typewriter and type out my memos, I would have been like, are you nuts? <laughs> right. right. That's ridiculous. I will just, you know, now I would just ask ChatGPT to do to, to my uh, status report. Indeed, which is what the youth of today are going to be doing in 10 years when they're in those positions of Analyst 3. And I'm analyst pretty four. sure some of my performance review responses from some of my people were ChatGPT generated. <laughs> pretty sure. Well, you came up. In the age we both did, rode the internet wave. We were there before internet was at the desktop. Yeah. And all the drama that was there bringing the internet to the desktop. Um, So this new wave of automation is simply that. It's another wave of opportunity to make things more efficient, to be able to expand the knowledge and do something of greater value. So if you were a cybersecurity leader, how would you, where would you choose to put your automation people? First of all, let's talk about that. So you hire a cybersecurity automation person. Where should, who should they report to? Directly to CISO? Should they report into the, you know, the cyber response guy or maybe into the GRC person or where? If you have a decent DevOps, DevSecOps relationship with your developers, infrastructure, and security, it should really go to whoever's running your DevOps group. There's a, and I, nobody can see me doing this, but I'm shaking my head because the second you give a DevOps team a resource, it will vanish. Right. And, <laughs> but, and not, but that's the thing. There has to be a clear, uh, a clear uh, a rescue line attached to that person that says they will do this. They will do only this. Because you're right. The minute you give them a resource, they work on something else. But it needs to be clear that this person's time, existence, and everything they eat will be supplied by you, given to us. A little bit of a judgment call, then, if you trust your teams yes. to hold that you know, prioritization. But they won't. I know. I, I agree that, that you, you give resources, they tend to disappear with whatever is their most urgent need. But ideally, that's the best place for it because they're embedded with the teams. If not, then they belong to your security architecture and engineering person so that they can orchestrate the change across the security group. Okay, so how do you get one? So what do, what do we do to go get one? 
I mean, the first part is you got to justify it, right? Yeah. Any for-profit location, maybe if you're you're in a, a government on well, not local government in DOD, you could just say I need a sec a security automation person. But anywhere else, you could justify that. Yeah. So well, how, where would you start with justifying? Well, you could say I need four more analysts, or I need one automation developer. You know, my brother and I were kids. We tried this on my parents. Yeah. We said, for Christmas, we either want a BB gun or a dirt bike. <laughs> and our rationale was, well, we get at least one. Right, right, right. right. We did not get either. No, well, you've got to justify it financially. You've got to justify the why you, why, why you need this position. And it's either the elimination of existing positions or freeing them up to do other roles or... Uh, you won't have to hire people power. And there, there's the it's thing cost I think you're hitting on. Well, it's, it's it, you know, this is, I'm stealing this from your uh, your military days and off your LinkedIn profile. It is a force multiplier. If I, I have existing, true. let's just say you have four security analysts looking at logs and, and incidents, your one security automation can turn that into the equivalent work of six or eight. Right now, doubling yeah. your work is maybe a little bit far fetched. Yeah, but it better be at least one one point five x. A force multiplier is a great number. Senior management's going to want to know: Is it one and a half, Jim? Is it two? Right. Yeah. But, and how do you measure that once yeah. you get it? Well, right. But that also is measured in what are your analysts doing today? What are the common tasks that they're spending the most time on? And can you automate that, or can you turn that into a risk-based decision? Can you turn that into a workflow that no longer has to come to them for decisioning, but can be triaged elsewhere? Is there uh, is there a common uh, problem that you have, ransomware or or another item that you can turn into an automated response? You, you know, and, and measuring it with your your analyst, mean time to respond, mean time. I'm sorry, mean time to. Uh, accept or respond in the meantime to resolve, right? You should see with automation, both of those metrics go down. A, because your your analysts are more available, and B, it should take shorter, right? Well, and if you don't know what those times are, shame on you, dear leader. You should be able to measure those and know those because that's what your success or should be measured on, have not, your, not whether they like you or not. Have your analysts, every time they do an incident, count 1,000, 2,000. <laughs> I'm down to 13,000s, Mr. Desmond. Oh, no. So, okay, so so now that I've got them, you know, how do I how do I make them effective? Where do, where do I sick them on first? And I guess for me, it would be one of a couple areas, and not necessarily just off the top, not in my current organization, but any organization. There are two things that will drive you crazy. One is incident response. The mundane things that people have to respond to every day. Phishing, spam, antivirus, if right? You, you turn a, you turn an automation person, you say, here are our most common, here are our top ten common tasks. Here are our top ten common problems. Pick four of them and automate them away from us. So I'm really lucky to have a, a security automation team in our organization. Um, you know, Ian, props to you and, and Jeremy and the rest of the team. One of my favorite moments was Jeremy was on a call with a vendor. I won't say the vendor. Um, and they were asking whether or not their 
their API, which was Internet Explode, well, they didn't say, but we thought, suspected might be Internet Exposed, was accessible. And the sales rep, they called, no, no, you'll have to work with our professional services and, uh-huh. and figure that out. And on the call, Jeremy goes, never mind, I got it, I'm in. <laughs> and, and there it was, he had the whole API, the documentation, everything else, and we began building our automation off that vendor's product so that our SOC could respond very quickly. And it was amazing. It was a game changer. That is an automation person worth their salt. Definitely. Made of salt. Well, Golden salt. When, when you are able to have cost avoidance because you're not having to pay external vendors, because you're not having resource churn, churn because your analyst tubes are having to spend so much time with their eyes bleeding looking through logs. Yeah. Looking through logs. And this, that's big. Yeah. Risk-based profiling, being able to say, nah, nine times out of ten, this doesn't matter, spend your time on that. We all make risk-based decisions every day. And again, we as security professionals, we say, well, I want to eliminate all risk and be in the most secure position possible. I don't, I don't want to be. I want to work in the most successful place possible. <laughs> right. right? So, so I don't want to eliminate all risk and all security, and neither does the business, because that's too much friction here. Yeah, I agree. On the, on the basis of the automation team, I do think it's important, and I want to ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. How important is it to give them a little bit of free reign to figure stuff out? They have to have free reign. You can't micromanage that. Well, you don't want to micromanage anyway. But Why, you Randy? Don't. You're yeah. leaning in too far. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we don't micromanage anyway, but... But you can't micromanage them. You have to give them free reign. You have to give them time to hunt. Hunt for things to automate. Well, and I think there's a big element. Your security automation team, they don't have to be extroverts. Everybody calm down. I'm not saying that. What they need to be is looking for business challenges. And business can be the business of security. Looking for challenges and having that I'm here to solve a problem mentality. Yeah. And they got to be willing to talk about it. Yeah. Even if it's just, hey, I saw Randy struggling with his buttons, you know, and I've got this button guide that he could use. And then I can go and just show it to Randy. Yeah, it can, it can be casual observations that they make across the business or direct observations that they make when looking through uh, repetitive incidents, repetitive tasks. Uh, yeah, I agree. The big thing is is accumulating what it is your team does all day. Just what do you think it is <laughs> you do here? <laughs> yeah. I take the specs from the customer the engineer. You mean you physically walk them down there? No, no, I have an assistant who does that. <laughs> no, you, you have to just let them find some opportunities. You might have some leads. You might have some hot items you want to point them at. But that team needs to be able to hunt for opportunities to make things better. And they will if they're good security automation. Yeah. And ideally, they might come, like in the case of Ian and in particular, someone who had been in IT, who had navigated through the bowels and the, and the awkwardness. The dark side. Exactly. To then come over and oh, say, Anakin, I have the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know how to make this better. I know how to help, help my brethren over there and help my new family over here. Well, you know what? I, I like to call them uh, reform developers, right? Yeah. And they will still have friends on the other side. Yes. And they'll go, hey, man, does your thing do this? Can I get access to your database? And can I get the authentication logs? Amazing stuff. Especially if it's a homegrown app. They'll provide the hooks. 
The only downside I will say, and maybe you can help address this, is that the security automation teams will default to a build mentality. Yeah. And then you find yourself, yeah. it is possible to find yourself two, three years down the road, and you can't live without these people. Or you can't move as quickly because all this automation has been built and it's yeah. holding together, not fragilely, but it's, you know, it's a web. Yeah. Well, you have to be able to tell that automation team, and again, the automators worth their salt are going to know, I need to keep developing and excelling because I'm going to automate myself out of the job. Yeah. Oh, and that's a big part, right? Can I can I automate someone, you know, I had this conversation That's with somebody. That's the fear, right? People is is people don't want to be automated. You don't want to be automated, but you also don't want to be the person who, who only knows how to do one thing, right? A person who can automate positions and automate work will always have a job. I got one job on this ship. It's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and I'm going to do it. <laughs> Galaxy Quest, sorry. <laughs> oh, so good. All right, we'll take a quick moment here. To say thank you to Jonathan's thank again. You to it's Jonathan's our grill. It, it's our it's our it's our go to place because it's conveniently located between our two domiciles. Yeah, halfway to Nashville, halfway to Randy out in the sticks. That's right. Halfway to uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer from Breaking Bad. Ooh, where did you bury that money? That's right. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> you're either serving a warrant or you're hunting. One of the two. So. Now, how do we measure whether or not the automation, the automation is is being successful, is being worth its salt? I, you know, how do you know you've got an automation person that's probably a little less than what you need? Hmm. Well, measuring success is going to be based on the amount of things they've automated. I mean, what what is it they're taking? What burden is it that they're lifting off the teams? Hmm. What is it that they've done? that they can then say, Team A no longer has to do Task 7. You know? well, and there's a big difference between automating so people lose their jobs and automating so we don't have to hire anyone else. And that's the goal, right? Because you want to hang on to those resources so they can do more. Right. There's they always can do higher level tasks right? to be done and secure. Yeah, they want to do higher level tasks. And the things you outsource today, think about it. You do a managed service, what do you outsource? All the level one, level two tasks, because you don't want your level three, level four people doing those things. So give it to the vendor to offshore. And if it takes 19 people to do it or one automation person, who cares? You're paying the price of this to do it. And the same thing here. You're paying the price for the automation person. So get the most out of your investment and turn them loose on your environment. Don't just say you can only do security logs. Yeah. Right? Get them with the DevSecOps teams and say, what is it we can do over here to automate the crap out of what we're doing? They should spend as much time with the development teams and the infrastructure teams as they do the security team. More time. More time. Because there are going to be also your your security brand champions, and we'll have, right. a, we'll have an episode on security branding. Oh, yeah, it's coming. Right? But they are your ambassadors. They're your external ambassadors to the technical teams. And by the way, these security automation people need to be sharp. They're your sharp technical people. They're not, I want to be a developer. They the one, are a developer yeah. who has the ones that want to learn. the light. And they want to learn. Right? Yeah. They want to, what, do you, what system you got, I want to take a crack at. Hungry, I want to open the hood. Right? That's what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody that's not like, oh, I only do big fix. They're like, no, no, no. I want to do all of it. 
Yeah. Give me the next one. What's the next one? They're not vendor myopic. Yeah. And not even agnostic. They're, what do you got? Right. What do you, what, they're whatever's next. Yeah. And they'll forever have a job. Yeah, they will. You will. And, and you as a security leader, if that's your mindset as well, what is it? And I'm going to use this term, and I don't use the term lightly, but what is that incremental innovation? What's that next thing we can do? No. We're doing great. What's next? You need to be asking that question to yourself and to the people you work with every day. That was awesome. Good job. What's next? you got to take your security mindset and go from friction to fuel. How can you take the friction that security has traditionally applied and turn it into fuel to help help propel the development teams? But if there's too much friction, won't that ignite the fuel and kill us all? No. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> no. No. There'll be issues, but... Since the guy who once set fire to an entire army tent... I did. I did. It was glorious. That's a, that's a story in and of itself. You don't think GP medium canvas can burn? <laughs> can burn. Oh, it can with enough MoGas. <laughs> it certainly can. Yeah. Well, we have, I think, beat the automation horse to death, and we should probably automate ourselves to the ending of this podcast. Well, I should have written an automation script to do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're good. So, out there, security leader, find yourself some security automation people. Even if you have to borrow somebody. Yeah, yeah, there's another one. You could have some sweat equity automation people. I've done that in the past. Can I get eight hours a week of this person's time for the next three months? Build it incrementally until you can have one of your own. Um, But build it, buy it, write a check (laughs) Steal it, whatever you got to do. Get one because it's going to make the life of your team much better and get you out of the weeds. Yes, sir. And with that, I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep leading. Hey there, leader. Today, today in Security on Tap, We're going to be talking about security automation, why you want one, how you get one, and what you do with it once you get it. Once you get it. How. How, why, what. Why, how, what. Yeah. Why you want one. Okay, we got to do that. Yeah. Just go ahead. Okay. Hey there, leader. Welcome. Welcome to Security on Tap. And today, we're going to be talking about security automation, why you want it, what you do with it. No, how you, <laughs> how you get it. God damn it. All right, again. All right. Why? How? Why, how, what? Yeah. Okay, Why I've got how. Just how. Okay. Yes, that's right. I mean, all right, ready? Hey there, leader. Welcome. Welcome to Security on Tap. And today we're going to be talking about security automation positions. Why you want them. How you get one. And... What you do with it. How you measure their success. No, what you do with it once you get it. Why, how, what? Oh, that's right. Okay, three, two, one. Hey there, leader. Welcome. Welcome to Security on Tap. And today we're going to be talking about security automation positions. Why you want them. How you get into those positions. What? The, where did the positions come from? It was an ad. <laughs> I added it. It was a value add. 
It's it was a security automation in and of itself. Is that like the Kama Sutra of identity management? It was. It was. It was. It was added value. Always be that added value. One more time. Hey there, leader. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to Security on Tap. And today we're going to be talking about security automation. Why you want it? How you get it? And how you measure success? I thought it was what you do with it when you get one. Or that too. It's how. Why? What? No. Why, how, what? Why you want one. Why you want one. How, how you get one. What, what you, you do with it once okay. you got it. All right. Hey so there, wait, leader. <laughs> no, okay. Sure. Which ones are you? How? No. Why? Why and what? You're why, why and what? what? You're the two W's. Why and what? All right. Hey there, leader. <laughs> Welcome. No. Okay, we're going to stop. Okay. This is this is awful. This goes into the well, it's two minutes of bloopers. This is why we don't record two sessions in a together. Row, right? Yeah.